I got to be honest with you. I am no science guy. In fact, I barely made it through science in high school. It's cool. I just didn't get it. But I'm one of those ones that didn't get it. But I always used to hear these stories about black holes out there in the universe, which I thought was fascinating. But hey, apparently there's one out there right now that's an absolute monster. I need kind of a I need a science 101 here on this stuff. Joining us is associate professor in the Department of Physics at the University of Alberta, and that's Dr. Gregory Sivakov who joins us. Gregory, how are you? I'm doing well, Brendan. Yourself? Fine, thank you. Okay, are you ready to kind of help me a little bit with this because I'm totally lost? Absolutely. Okay, so what is a black hole? So, a black hole is an incredible concentration of matter where all the mass has concentrated into a single point, and it's the densest things we know of in this universe. And what does it do? Well, what a black hole does depends on how far away you are. If you're very far away from a black hole, it doesn't matter whether it's a black hole or a star that's the same mass. Okay. But if you get very close to a black hole, then things change. Okay, what do we know about this really, really big one? Like, how big is this thing? So we often try to measure things compared to the mass of our sun as a way of understanding things in astronomy. And this particular supermassive black hole is likely to be around a million or more times the mass of our own sun. Wow. Quite a bit. Yeah, I, said, I saw a story that said it's 10 times the size of the Milky Way's black hole. I didn't even know that one had a black hole. Yep, our own galaxy at the center has this nice supermassive black hole that's about 4 million times the mass of the sun. Now, the thing that fascinates me about all this, Gregory, is, is how old these things are and why is that important to us? Do you want to break that down? Sure, absolutely. So it turns out that how galaxies form and how supermassive black holes form seem to be intricately linked. But the problem is we don't really know how to form these really massive black holes. And we had these two basic ideas. One idea is that you start with these very massive seeds that mer uh, sort of black holes that merge together and accrete matter. And the other was that you started with lots of smaller black holes, maybe black holes like uh, those that we know come from stars, and those form supermassive black holes. The particular black hole that the, uh, that the discovery uh, discussed on Monday found was a black hole that's millions of times the mass of the sun, but only when the age of the universe is a few hundred million years, which is basically its infancy. I, I'm glad you're trying to dumb this down a little bit for me. I, I appreciate that. It, what happens when something goes in there? So what happens, it depends on how close you get. Okay. The closer, you, the closer you get to the black hole, the more the light from that black, from that object, is going to get redder and redder, even getting beyond uh, the visible light to the infrared and to the radio. And eventually, once matter crosses uh, the sort of boundary of a black hole, what we call the event horizon, it will never uh, basically be able to communicate with our universe again. It's basically cut off because nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, and anything at the speed of light or slower gets trapped by a black hole. We always seem to get panicky when we hear about asteroids coming our way and that type of thing. We don't have to worry about any of this stuff, right? Absolutely not. First off, this particular object is just a wee bit away. It's 13.2 billion times yeah. the distance light travels in the year. So this object, definitely don't have to worry about it. But in general, black holes, unless you get really close, you don't have to worry about it. And why I mean really close, if our sun were to somehow magically become a black hole, for us to be 
you know, worried about the gravitational effects for the black hole, we'd have to be in, you know, relatively close, hundreds of kilometers or closer to the black hole. We now, we'd have time. other problems, though. Yeah, we got some time. Hey, I'm fascinated yeah. by the space telescopes as well. The, the two that I've heard about are Webb and is it Chandra? Yep. Uh, how far away are these? This is, this is on Earth, I'm assuming, these telescopes. And, and it sounds like they're crazy things, right? Actually, both these telescopes are, are out, satellites. Out, okay. So we had to. Oh. So, in order to in order to actually see these particular uh, wavelengths well, we have to launch some of our telescopes into space. Okay. And so the Chandra X-ray Observatory is on an orbit that takes us a third of the way to the moon and back very close to Earth. Okay. Uh, while the uh, James Webb Space Telescope made its way to a very special balance point in our solar system uh, between the basically the gravitational effect of the Earth and the sun. It's called a Lagrangian point or an L2 point. And so these two things are out of this world. How long have you been doing this for, man? Oh God, ages! I started. <laughs> I started studying black holes back in the late nineties. Wow! Now I'm fascinated by the the Hubble one is the one that everybody seems to know about. There are just so many of these things now, and it's just it's amazing to me what it's doing in terms of opening us up to what's out there. Absolutely, I love the way that these modern telescopes, the Hubble Space Telescope, James Webb, Chandra, and all these telescopes reach out to the public and share in the excitement that science is. Are you surprised? And seeing some of the footage that we've seen off of Mars lately, too, is another, it's mind-numbing to me. The, the pictures look great. It looks like it's Drumheller. Yep, yeah, you know, it's not too different, it seems. So, uh, thank goodness we don't have to worry about too much more here. Uh, I guess the other question is, how many more of these are we going to find, do you think, over the next maybe five to ten years? Is oh. it endless? So there are, we think that there may be a supermassive black hole at the center of every massive galaxy. And there are countless galaxies. Now, the real question is how many of these massive galaxies are we going to find in the early universe? And right now, it looks like we're going to find quite a bit of them. It's been, uh, with, the, with James Webb Space Telescope finding these, it looks like uh, we're going to be hearing more records soon. Do you get tired of talking to guys like me? I don't, like I said, I was never, I'm interested in space. But I just never knew what any of this was, so I'm so happy to have you on. But you must get tired of explaining it to guys like me constantly. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, this is part of the fun of our job is that we get to communicate this to the public, and we have to think very carefully about what the best ways of talking about this are. It actually makes it quite fun in my, in my life. Hey, are there any great websites that you recommend to our listeners that maybe for people like me who are just trying to learn as much as they possibly can can go to? So a great place to start is space.com. They are uh, an agency that puts out a lot of these different news releases, and then they will often have links to the individual telescopes or other sites, their uh, information, and it's a great starting off point. Perfect. Thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. If there's anything else going on out there, we'll track you down, okay? Sounds great. All right. Looking forward to it. There you go. Associate Professor, Department of Physics at the University of Alberta, right here, Dr. Gregory Sivikov.